Orlov, the new guy on the top unit, taking McAvoy's spot as he dishes off for Pasternak. And this is stolen away by Sider. Mo Sider, short-handed. The backhand, he scores! A short-handed goal for Mo Sider gives the Boston Bruins a two-goal deficit to deal with here in Detroit. Holy jumping, what a backhander. I mean, just to create a little bit of space after he steals it right here with a good stick on Pasternak just to keep going. And now to get away, Pasternak was skating, doing his best to get back. But he goes to the backhand. Good toe curve right there. He hoists that back up over the glove and in the net and just an all-world play by Mo Sider, last year's Rookie of the Year in the NHL. And boy, that will absolutely stall that power play that has just had some troubles. And that is the first unit on the ice that jumps on the second part of the power play and gives up the shorty. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of The Fizz. Hard to believe we are here, but we have hit triple digits with The Fizz podcast. I am here sitting across from my main man, Channy. How we doing, Channy? 100 and it feels so good. Good to be here, Frank. Yeah, pretty crazy. And Lou, not missing the triple digit episode. He is coming live. Where the hell are you? He's on Zoom right now. I forgot what city you're in. Uh, I'm live from Charlotte, baby, here for Mr. 100, bitch. We ain't missing out. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, he's had a few uh, yinglings, uh, so he's he's excited. Topping. Episode 100. Episode, him, episode 100. Hard to believe uh, 100 episodes starting back in you know, 2017. So I don't know how many weeks are between someday in the middle of June in 2017 till today, but definitely not a hundred weeks more than that. So we've been mostly me been in and out, starting this thing, stopping this thing, trying to figure it out, still trying to figure it out. So I know there are people who have listened to every single episode of this from the beginning uh, that have been in and out. And I just want to say thank you guys so much. And whether you've listened to all 100, only a handful, um, or just this episode, maybe this is your first one, I just want to thank you all for being here. Uh, every day that we do this, every week that we do this, every time we go through this, we try to get better. We try to figure out what will make the show better. And that's literally all we're striving for. So we appreciate you guys uh, sitting through some of the bad episodes and sitting through the great ones as well. So it's been a lot of fun. So I just wanted to open the show and say thank you to everyone out there listening. Yeah, we thank all the support. We look at the messages. We read the messages. We take the feedback. And uh, just know it never feels like work. Although it's a commitment sometimes, uh, never feels like work. And uh, everybody's support from like I said, just an Instagram message to our likes keeps us going. So thank you all without the Fizz Army and without all the listeners, we wouldn't still be chugging along here for episode 100. 100%. It's been, it's been great. And like you said, Chandler, getting the, the DMs and the messages from friends and, and people that you don't even know that are tuned into the show, there's nothing better 
Um, it's exciting stuff, and, and we're going to continue to get better and, and fucking keep growing this thing, baby. Amen. I, it still blows my mind whenever I get a DM or someone references, like, something we said on the show, and I, I am, like, still like, what? <laughs> like, you listen to that? You listen to this? Um, so we thank you. You made it to 45 minutes into the show? Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I appreciate you. Um, so one thing I wanted to run through before we got into our weekend catch-ups, you know, there are some people who have been around since day one back in you know 2017 listening to this thing so I wanted to go through a quick rundown of every place the fizz has been recorded so when I first opened up I was doing it alone completely had no idea what I was doing still kind of don't I was at the foundation hotel in Detroit and what's kind of funny is I've only regressed from location from there (laughs) (laughs) so I actually opened this podcast at the foundation hotel when they opened their podcast studio they let me record there for free I have no idea why Uh, and I did a lot of episodes there from there we moved to my basement to the garage to my office at my house those are all the same location just different areas of my house um then i was at my dad's office at the penobscot building in downtown detroit we've recorded at chandler's house and now we've pretty much been bouncing back between the real team warren office and the real team utica office so shout out real team for uh housing us here as we record this uh great offices but yeah so those are all the places we've been and then i have a list here of fizz guests in order of appearance. Now this list is a little longer, but we can get through it pretty quick here. So for the first, I don't know, nine episodes, it was just me. It was just me literally talking into a microphone for 30 to 40 minutes. That had sounds to be, like hell on earth. No, it had to be absolute. <laughs> like I got to go back and listen to those two. I don't, who knows Thank if you fans for those first 30 episodes for keeping the fizz alive. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know who was listening to those. Uh, Godspeed to everyone who was, then we had Jerry on in episode 10. No idea what we talked about. Probably wasn't interesting at all. Uh, 15 episodes. Dive into over under. Yeah. Right. Just got right into it. The, or- <laughs> the origin of over under. <laughs> that was it. Jerry sending him to me. Uh, then episode 25, we got Drew Amato from Molly Box on, my good buddy, childhood friend. Episode- then I went on a little hot streak of guests here. After that, we had Todd Barnett. He is uh, the host of In Todd We Trust, good buddy as well. He came on for episode 26. Pizzo, you were the the fourth guest on episode twenty seven. You and me, wow. I think, sweated the hardest. We that both was ever the sweat box yes. episode, brother. Th- that was the hottest day in the world. Episode twenty seven. After that, we had Rick Aller, my good buddy, Detroit photographer, for episode twenty eight. Another good buddy, Stephen Peck, childhood bud, came on for episode twenty nine. Jerry popped in for episode thirty. Another buddy, Chris Wernett. You don't have this many buddies. Yeah, yeah. I gotta quit yeah, saying the word buddy. Know. I don't. What, I don't know how else to describe him. It's not like it's not like point guard for the Detroit Pistons. It's it's just like I don't know. It's like yeah, like senior manager at you know. It's like I don't know. These are just my friends. Account exec. The long yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Account exec, Blue Cross. Yeah, that's like literally what these titles are. So we had Wernett on for episode thirty-one. Uh, then we had Pizzo back again for episode thirty-two, along with. Get ready. Good buddy, Joe Shermatero. He is a good buddy. He is a good buddy. Oh, that's confirmed. Chandler's confirming who my actual good buddies are. Uh, Chandler, the buddy police over here. <laughs> Jerry, episode 35. Jerry again, episode 37. I had no idea Jerry actually had this much airtime on the show. We, we got to get him on. Maybe he's got to... He's got to deliver the over under to yeah, us. Yeah, I think he does. You I know? think that's the new thing. There we go. Um, he's always Definitely. traveling, though. Um we went Fizz Live COVID edition wow. for about five episodes, episode 41 to episode 44, where I was doing them right on Instagram Live. Um, 
Then J.U. joined the show from episodes, I believe, 45 to 72. Mm -hmm. Uh, So J.U. was on uh, for a long stretch there. Jerry popped in for episode 49. We had Drew Miller, former Detroit Red Wing forward. There's an actual title we can use for episode 50. Uh, Episode 52, Steve Iserman, GM, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Marquee show in my heart. Yeah. Yeah, is that, is that good for you? <laughs> Should I send my good buddy, Steve Eiserman? Uh, ten episodes later, Chandler gets on board. He's been here since episode 62. In between that time, we got to talk to Mark D'Antonio, uh, former coach, Michigan State University. Good buddy. And, <laughs> good buddy as well. And then for the final good buddy, Lou comes on full-time for episode 73 all the way to one. Hundred and here we are today, buddy boy supreme, with us three, ready to deliver the hundredth episode to you guys. So thank you for all who have listened to all of those, um, and those who are going to listen to the next chapter here. I mean, we we joked on it when we got on the air today, but like it really does take a village. Like looking at how many different guests you have, how many listeners you have, our sponsors that we're starting to work with here. I mean, it really takes a village to to put this on. So it's just cool to see how many people actually have been a part of this, what, six-year run now? Yeah, something like that. It's hard to believe it's that many years. Um, but definitely right now we've we've had the most consistency and we got, we got the solid squad here rolling. So just keep moving. Keep it moving forward. Yeah. And as we say that, it looks like Lou's screen is completely frozen. Yeah, looks like he's frozen a little bit. Am I back? Yeah, now you are. Unfortunately. Oh, good, good. Hey, Frank, I wanted to say props to you for keeping it alive for 100 episodes too, brother. Good work. Appreciate you, Lou. Very much appreciate that. Um, it's definitely a lot a lot better with you guys on board. Uh, talking to myself was not a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So, fellas, what do we get into this weekend? Anything noteworthy before we jump into this chaotic uh, weekend we got coming up? Yeah, I'll go first here. So I did the ultimate beer drinking session. Wow. I mean, I went to a first birthday party. Okay. Um, So I feel like you go to a first birthday, you see the family, you know, the family's watching the first, you know, the kid whose first birthday it is. Then the dad slip away, um, start drinking beers. Soon the pile gets to about 12 empty cans. Then it gets to a 24 rack. Mm -hmm. Then you're breaking out the liquor. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a full blown, like the parents are getting fucked up after, after hours. Someone's got cigs. So went to a first birthday, um, shout out to, I'm not going to say your last name. Shout out to Sienna. Happy first birthday. We had a great time doing that. And, uh, other than that, Nothing really on my end. That's the life of a 32-year-old. First birthday is the highlight of my weekend. What about you, Lou? Um, I had a little bit more highlights than you, Chandler. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Uh, ended up uh, went to a buddy's uh, kind of pro pro boxing match on Friday night at Burt's Warehouse. Tay too fast if you want to check him out. He did end up drawing, which was his first draw. He was undefeated before that, but. The guy he did fight was was a pretty good pretty good dog man. He uh, it was very entertaining. They both went toe to toe. Tay's a good uh, good fighter. He's gonna come back stronger, but it was a lot of fun just boozing up with the buddies. Um, Wait, we did you ringside? Do you say Go this ahead, was uh, did you say this was boxing or MMA? Boxing. Nice, dude. Live boxing's a lot of fun, even if they're not yeah, that great. Yeah, it's great. 
No, that and th- and those are like more entertaining boxing matches to me than like half of the pro fights you watch on Showtime or HBO. Well, like, they're they're really fighting. Knock each yeah. Other out. yeah, 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 hundred percent. So it was very entertaining. Um, good stuff. Definitely. Well, that's like that's my third one that I went to. Um, so that was fun on Friday. Saturday had uh my dad's birthday. We celebrated his sixtieth. Wow. It's actually coming up on St. Patrick's Day this week on Friday, but he's going to be out of town. So did a little birthday dinner and some drinks. Other than that, uh, that was my, that was my weekend brother. How about you? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I finally had like a pretty chill one. I've been hunting for one of those, which is, which is great. So we got that. I did go downtown and eat at Basan. Did, did you say you've been there? No, but I do want to try. Is that, uh, is it middle Eastern? Uh, no, it's like a Japanese take oh, on small plates. So I'm, I'm realizing like the amount of B restaurants and new restaurants in Detroit that are like, you know, hip, cool, chic. Like I'm losing complete control of these things. <laughs> so this one is actually right behind LCA. It's, it's like if you're facing LCA on Woodward, it's to the right of it, like right off of those like banners that they have. Mm-hmm. So I don't have too much to say about it. The, it didn't blow my mind. It wasn't overly expensive. It was probably too expensive. And it's like Chandler, you said this before, like you go downtown, you do these small plate things. Like you're kind of paying for experience. You're overpaying a little bit. You leave a little hungry, you know, uh, and it, it was good. It was like fine. I don't know that I'm gonna rave about it at all. But the the weirdest part of the whole night was, like, it's right next to LCA. So most of the time on a Friday Saturday night, there's absolutely no parking over there, mm-hmm. and this whole like side little dead end side street is completely filled. So they have valet there. I see a ton of spots. I pull in, park the car. I'm walking in. The valet guy like chases me down. He's like, "Here, take this ticket." I'm like, "Okay." Not like a violation ticket or anything. Like a valet ticket. I'm like, "I don't know why I need this." Go eat dinner. I have my keys on me. They don't touch my car, nothing. I get out. I get in my car. Valet guy, legit valet guy. Like, this wasn't some guy faking or anything. They had the whole sign, a stand, everything there. He comes up, and he's like, hey, I need to charge you for park, like, valet parking. And I'm like, you never touched my keys. You never even got in the car or anything like that. And he's like, I know. It's really dumb. But, like, anybody parked over here, like, is part of valet technically. So the fact that you just parked it yourself, like – that's, it's not my fault. Like I was supposed to park it for you. Um, so me being me, I was like, how much? He's like 15. I like hand him a 20 and tell him to keep the change. Cause I just like, I don't know. I wanted the whole situation <laughs> done with and I'm a pussy. So, um, that was like, I was like, thank you, sir. Do you want more money for doing less? Uh, so I don't know. I was, I, my, my wife made fun of me pretty good for that one. Well, good for her. Yeah. She should have. Yeah. I know. I, can I tell you last time we went to a wings game, this was around the start of the year we actually went into a parking lot and parked and the guys who parked us locked everyone in. So they made the aisles too skinny between the cars. Oh my God. So we had to like, like basically Tetris our way out of the parking lot. So you had to have one person by the entrance finally came to free up some wiggle room. No way. And then they made a middle aisle so you could get out of it. But we were one of the lucky ones because we were at the end. We could get to the middle aisle, which was the only one big enough. There was 100 cars in this lot. We had left half hour after the game. There were five out of the lot at that point in time. Oh, my God. 95 cars, everyone doing their own thing, trafficking, waving people through. Like Everyone banded together to get out of this parking lot. 
And it was ab- an absolute. Ma- I've never seen anything like it's that. Probably in my forty dollars to park there too. It was forty dollars to park. That's there. sickening. It was. That's so fucked up. So I mean, it's always a roll of the dice downtown. You never know what you're. Parking gonna get. is crazy downtown. Yes. Oh, the parking's a nightmare all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're a fucking Midwest podcast <laughs> talking about fucking parking. Um, outside of that dinner, the only thing I did catching up on some documentaries, watching some TV lately. I did watch the uh, the Murda. Murdo documentary. I feel like everyone says that guy's name different. The Southern Scandal one. Yep. Did you guys both see that? Yeah, I did. That was good. Yeah, I Not thought it was good, but yeah, good documentary. I mean, uh, so if anybody hasn't seen it, it's essentially I forgot what state they're in. South Carolina. Okay, South Carolina, but big popular family, affluent family in a small town. Um, essentially, just kind of like has a history of covering up issues that happen and they get kind of too big, too powerful. They start murdering people and it all comes to fruition when uh, this guy's youngest son is driving a boat with a bunch of friends and, and sends one of the girls off the boat uh, for driving too fast. And she ends up passing away and it kind of spirals from there. But essentially my whole takeaway from it is that family is like the spawn of the devil. They are the spawn of the devil. And it's just crazy. Like you said, how like in these remote rural towns in America, which basically makes up most of the country. Most of the country is not big cities, metropolises. It's rural America. Like they were literally above the law because they had so much money and power in that community. And it's just, it's scary to think about, but I think the the scariest part for me during that was um, the way this guy crashes the boat, it's pitch black. They're all shit faced. And the, them describing that kind of lead up to the Mm -hmm. boat finally crashing. Like I held my breath the entire time. Like I thought that was absolutely terrifying. That's kind of like my worst nightmare. Pizzo, you're a boater or or you, you go out on boats. Why do people continue to boat at night? I mean, we've seen athletes, Jose Fernandez, same thing, speeding, boating at night. Like why do people boat at night? It's the same thing as like, you can compare it to almost like drag racing or whipping your car around, leaving the bar at midnight, you know, wasted. It's, it's just like an adrenaline rush for people. And if you live on the water, they've probably driven a boat their whole life. So they don't think anything of it, but then you're just out there and the guy's letting the throttle go full gas and no one's steering the boat and it runs into a cement pillar. You know what I mean? Then it's, then it's a wake up call, but it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like you said, in those rural counties like that, it's, and you know, that Hampton County ain't the only place that kind of stuff's going on. You know, it's just, you you get above the law and you, and you get away with so much stuff your whole entire life. You don't think anything's going to happen to you until, until it does. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just like, uh, Cause I don't know anything about boats at all. I mean, they named their one kid Buster. That was the most <laughs> alarming thing to me. Yeah. Man, that was yeah. The older brother in this thing is is named Buster, and Buster's I, the only one that is is, is just living now. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's got a murder under his belt. The one guy in the he killed the one guy that was trying to change his tire. Yeah. Steven wasn't. It? I think his name was Steven. Yeah. Well, it was the yeah. It was the it was the gay guy who everyone suspected that Buster was hooking up with. And then he, yeah. ca- the gay guy called Buster and said, can you come help me? And they beat him to death in the road. Allegedly. 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 The dad, um, have you seen the dad looks like he's holding on to his last limb right now? I mean, that guy is like, his face looks like he's a, a sheet on a bed. That, that guy definitely doesn't have a soul. No. 
He does not. No. He, he's he's done at this point in time. All right, and in true gritty fizz fashion, uh, we had to move rooms because someone needed to work in the room uh, we were in. Uh, they actually needed to do construction in there, so we have now moved locations at the Utica office for Real Team, and we're ready to pick up where we were. Basically, the Murdaws are scum, and we're done talking about that, and we're going to move into March Madness, which I'm going to hand over to Chandler. All right, so going into March Madness this year, boys, we all do brackets every year. Can you remember a year that was this wide open? I think the betting favorite this year is Houston, um, which is a non-Power 5 team, not in the Big East, um, not in any really big-time basketball conference, although they were a big program at once. Um, <clears throat> good to see our rivals from down the road got uh, got into the tournament, the NIT. Yeah. Um, I know Big Hunter was, was happy about that one. But uh, it's going to be a, an interesting tournament this year. Tampered expectations for our Spartans. Um, no one really believes in them. Uh, including our own fan base. Yeah. We're really saying second weekend is a victory this year when second vic- or second weekend has been the standard for us the last 25-plus years. So um, it's going to be a very interesting year. A lot of betting, as always. A lot of action, as always. I would think a lot of upsets, as always. Lou, what are you looking forward to this next week um, in the first two rounds here? Yeah, no, I agree, Chandler. It's this is definitely the most wide open I've I've seen the tournament in quite some time. Um, a lot of a lot of good matchups. You know, I, I think that from a Michigan State fan standpoint, of course we got lined up in the same bracket as Duke again, but at least we ended up on the bottom half of that bracket with you know Purdue, Duke, and Tennessee and Kentucky all on the top of that. That's that sounds like an absolute bloodbath. At least we won't see any of those guys until the lead eight, if, uh, if we actually get there, but for the most part, I'm pretty happy with our, with our draw at USC. I mean, I don't think they're anything special. Marquette is probably the worst number two team out of all the twos. Um, in my pers- you know, from, from my, perspective. but you know, I think it's going to be a wide open tournament and, and I'm excited for it again this year. Yeah. As far as uh, the NCAA tournament goes, I am not going to sit here and talk X's and O's like I know anything outside of our Michigan State Spartans. Happy they're in the tournament again, blah, 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 all that, this and that. What I am most intrigued about essentially is this time of year. Uh, It's the time of year, I think, maybe outside of week one of college football that gets me the most nostalgic for not being in college anymore. And every year I think it's going to like go away or sting a little bit less, but it's hard for me to fathom what East Lansing is going to look like at noon on Friday this week. Uh, you have, you have St. Patty's day with a one with a 12, 15 Michigan state tip on a Friday. I know I never had a single class on a Friday uh, up at Michigan state. So it doesn't matter if you did. Correct. I was also going to say it also did not matter whatsoever coming in. Yeah. So I can't imagine how great that day is going to be for college students up in East Lansing win or lose truly won't matter. But, um, 
Godspeed to everyone up there. It's going to be one of those days because I remember we actually had some pretty good St. Patrick's days when we were there weather-wise. Like our junior year was uh, arguably the best like party day of my life. It mm-hmm. was it was a Saturday. We had St. Patty's on a Saturday, and it was like seventy-two degrees. Yeah, shorts and t-shirts. I remember, I remember it. it was hot. Yes, it was absolutely downright hot. I had shorts and a t-shirt, and from sunup to sundown. And even further past that, I couldn't talk for like three days after that one in a great way. <laughs> like two weekends ago? Yeah, correct. Or worse than that. <laughs> well, well, the hangovers, the hangovers didn't sting as bad when you got nothing to do and not a care in the world. You know, they don't hurt as bad. And you're 10 years younger and the recovery time is a lot shorter. That's true. I mean, the good thing is it's all green on St. Patrick's Day. So yep. we can go out in our Spartan gear. Yeah. It's festive and we're supporting the team. Question, will you guys... We're obviously going to be drinking beer on Friday. Mm-hmm. Are you going to drink a green beer on Friday? That most likely means you'll have to get a beer out at a restaurant or a bar. I won't seek it out. Okay. Uh, if it's readily available in front of me, I think I will. I I, I almost caught myself saying, like, I got to ask what kind of beer it is. Uh, and that's when you know you're just getting older. <laughs> uh, I won't actively seek it out if it's green, sure. if it's green, if it's not, it's not. If I just kind of want a cold beer on, on Friday, I think. What about you, Lou? You seem like a sheep that would really seek out a green beer. Yeah, I could see you, like, making it. Yeah. Am I gonna seek out a green beer? No. If there is a if a green beer if a green beer Jesus. is readily available, you bet your ass that I'm gonna drink a green beer on Friday, okay, buddy? <laughs> and the other beer uh, you know I'm gonna also be drinking is a Guinness. Everybody should make sure that they get one Guinness down on Friday. Or, it's good luck. You know what? Don't even don't even go out. No, it's good luck. Uh, let's talk about Guinness for a hot second, uh, you guys. So Guinness, I think, is like the most deceiving beer out there. Um, I would agree. I absolutely love it, but I don't think I drank a lot of them outside of like Irish car bombs, you know, in college, I never would have thought to like sit down and have one. Cause I thought it was just this black heavy ass beer mm-hmm. and it's actually yeah. just like deceivingly completely light and delicious. Like they're actually really great. They're not a drink 20 of them in a day, but definitely a couple sit down for dinners and stuff. I love a good Guinness. I agree 100%, Frank. Like, I remember when I first had it, I was like, dude, is this a fucking chocolate yes. milk I'm about to chug yes. down right now? And then it hits your lips, and you're like, dude, this is like a, a cloud of, like, delight that, that just <laughs> entered my my throat, you know? And uh, and after that, you just don't turn back. I, You know, the car bombs, it, it, there's nothing worse than when you drink the car bomb too slow, and it turns Ew. into just curds. And then you're just drinking the curds Dude. with your fucking Jameson. That is the worst feeling ever. I've never experienced that. I'm sure somebody like you who can't chug that much um, has, Frank. But um, 100% love a good Guinness. First off, you have, like, just because I'm, like, 140 pounds doesn't mean I can't fucking chug, okay? Like, and for, like I was actually going to follow up with Irish car bombs in college were my go-to shot because I thought they were delicious and I could crush them. So if you ever get back from fucking Charlotte, buddy, let's pour a few of them up. Cause I know you'll be missing the whole Michigan state game flying back. He's getting all tough now that he's in Charlotte, yeah, like he, thousands he, of miles away. Like he doesn't chirp us when he's here with starts us. Starts talking. Yeah. Right. Oh, please. please. <laughs> Gosh, look at this guy. But, uh, oh. I'm not a Guinness guy per se, Right. Um, I'm an Irish car bomb guy. I can remember doing probably hundreds in Rick's. That's what I mean. I mean, when like, was the last time you did one? Truly. 
truly, I think truly the last time I did one was was college. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I definitely, I probably did one when I was I've living in Chicago. Since, but probably like, it's probably been a couple of years, I would say for sure. It's not, it's one of those shots when you know that once you do it, you're committing to like getting fucked up that night, 100%. It's definitely not like, a, hey guys, let's do like, let's do a shot like before we go home. You want a lemon or, drop? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> 100%. No, and it's kind of funny how you say it, Chandler, because, like, I think the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'm an Irish car bomb guy, but I haven't done one in three years. Right. It's like, so you're really not. Like, you're just holding on to this ghost of your past self. So are you going to seek out an Irish car bomb Friday? After this conversation, like, yeah. I say we do one. If no. we meet up Friday, we got to do an Irish car bomb. I mean, if I'm, meeting, if I'm meeting you guys out at the bar, I mean, which I plan to, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm leaving – there's no way I'm going into the into the trenches with a car there. I'll get driven both <laughs> ways. Like there's there's just no, there's yeah. no there's no reason to even like toy with myself of the idea that I'll be okay after Oh, I'll be wheeling in it's in the second half coming <laughs> off the bench like a fucking hurricane into the bar, buddy. So get ready. Yeah, and especially for sure. Yeah, and something else, everyone, listen up that we're gonna add to the spice of Friday. Ooh. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. So our partner, our, our betting partner, points bet. What up, points bet? Shout out, points bet. Download points bet. F- use promo code Champagne for a free deposit match. So because all of you listeners out there, all these people out there, have been signing up with points bet, betting with points bet, um, we have gotten free bets from it. So we used them on the Super Bowl, which was awesome. Great cash out there. But now we have $250 in free bets, and that's split between the three of us. So, you know, whatever. Uh, We are going to do an NCAA tournament madness run. It's called the All-In NCAA Tournament Madness Run. Just made that up right here on the fly. And we're going to pick a team for each. Are we doing – we're not doing each day, right? It's each round. Each round. Each round. Each round, yeah. Okay, each round we're going to pick one team money line, put the full bet on it. But, yes, put the full bet on it and let her ride. So what is it called? The all-in March Madness it's the all-in tournament. March run. Madness Champagne Points Bet Tourney Run Code Champagne for first time deposits. That's the whole name. That's money the, line. You gotta put money line in there somewhere. <laughs> it's, so, it's the big slip Channy Fast Hand special. So Frank, with the first pick in the champagne first run March Madness bet, the champagne team is taking. Michigan State University. Michigan State University. <laughs> wow, big surprise. Out of East Lansing, Your Michigan. Michigan State Locked in, folks. Your your support has given us a $250 free bet. Yes. That will be going on Michigan State. And again, we're not putting $250 on the next game if Michigan State wins. Mm-mm. We're putting all of our earnings back into a money line on the round of 32. So make sure you follow Champagne Athletics Instagram. We gave you the first pick, which is Michigan State, but as the tournament progresses, we're going to be posting our picks round by round. I'll be honest. I'll be completely ecstatic if this thing goes beyond two rounds. Hey, Ecstatic. Oh, yeah. And it will. I I would be shocked if it didn't, to be honest with you. Wow, there it is. Um, I am looking right now. If you want to talk about some stuff here, I'm going to find out what that line is. Yeah, Um, I'll, I'll talk about some stuff on the tourney. So, it's kind of surprising to me because even though there's not a favorite, you still have Alabama and Houston at five and a half and six and a half to one. So 
as a betting guy, Pizzo, I know you and I both think this way. You go the longer odds, especially in March Madness. You've got to win so many games in a row. Take the long odds. If you're going to take the light odds, you do it in a one-game set, maybe a three-game series. But to win seven games in a row is tough to do. Take the longer odds. So your best odds, your top five teams, favorite-wise, going into the tournament, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, UCLA. Pizzo, I know you've looked at the bracket. I know you're a dog. I know you like to take the dogs. You don't get to choose Houston, Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, or UCLA. Every other team is 14 to 1 or more. Give me one team that you're looking out for that you like. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I, I do like out of those teams, sneaky out of those teams. I think UCLA is going to have another good run. They've been there before. Um, so, so look out for the Bruins to, to make a nice little run this year, but outside of the big dogs, I'm going to go with your, I got a couple here that I like, but who do I love? That's who you have. To, that's what you need to ask yourself. You can like a lot of things. Who do you love? Listen okay? to this guy. Listen to this stall. <laughs> look at, look at his masterclass installing. I see him scrolling. Yeah. Good Bug God. boy. Yeah. I'm going to go He's with like, our boy. Over at Texas A&M, wow. the Aggies oh, wow. to make a deep run in the tournament with Sir Julius Marble keeping <laughs> an eye on the Aggies this tourney. And and for all those out there who don't have the odds in front of them, the Aggies are 50-1 to 1 to win the national title. 50-1 to 1 to win the national title. I'm going to go a little less odds than that, and I'm going to go with arguably the hottest team in the nation right now. They have a first-year coach. That's what makes me a little nervous. I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils. Duke 22-1. to They do have a tough second-round matchup, which could potentially be against Tennessee, but I believe they've won nine straight. They won the ACC tournament. Again, one of the hotter teams in the country, getting them at 22-1. to um, I think they're better than Purdue. I really do. So I think they just got to get through Tennessee, and they're to the Elite Eight. So give me Duke as my longer odds at 22 to one. And I agree with you, Lou, out of the top five teams, give me UCLA, Tiger Campbell, veteran point guard. I really think they've got to run in them. Although Jaden Clark getting hurt hurts their chances at the natty. Frank, you got right. any wisdom here? Yeah, I'm going to break this down really quick for everyone listening out there. Uh, for those who don't follow NCAA basketball, uh, which I, which is me, I guess, you know, I just follow Michigan state in the big 10 uh, Chandler, has an idea of what he's talking about. He's saying things. He's thought about things. He has uh, a pick that he's thought about and submitted. Uh, Pizzo just gave you a full <laughs> steaming heap of bullshit. Uh, Chandler put him on the spot. It kind of caught him off guard. He has no idea what he's talking about, but he'll <laughs> act like he does. And so he landed with Sir Julius Marble and the team he plays for as his Hail Mary because it was the only thing he could think of. I am not going to sit here and bullshit you and give you X's and O's and act like I know anything that I'm talking about. But what I do know is that I've filled out a bracket every year since I was a wee boy. And my new method for filling these things out is you open the app, you sign up, you get in there and you just bang it out and you do not change it at all. I don't care if the best player goes down, sister Mary dies, the coach has a stroke, doesn't 
matter. You leave it. You go through it one time, and you can look at the ESPN little matchup info thing and see who's got more points for, points against, their BPI, all this stupid shit that doesn't mean anything, the, the win calculator. Doesn't matter. Pick your favorite colors, hammer it out, pick the teams that you like, and that's where you're going to land, and then hopefully you get lucky. So I will tell you, in filling this thing out in roughly 2 minutes and 35 seconds, bashing my way through this, if Michigan State is at all remotely good, I normally put them as my national championship or the final four. Okay? This year... What's up, Lou? No, nothing. Go ahead. Yeah. So this I'll year... I some more of your bullshit that you're spewing. <laughs> this is not bullshit. I, I realize if I were to say anything, it would be bullshit. So I'm telling you I'm not bullshitting you. So I got Michigan State going all the way to the Elite Eight where, wow. I, have, where I have them falling to Tennessee, okay. who will then make it to the championship and fall to number two seeded Texas Longhorns. Wow. We have an all orange national championship. And I realize one stat that I do realize is that a number, uh, a non number one hasn't won since like 2015. Okay. Um, so I, my final four is very, I have Bama, Tennessee, Texas, Gonzaga. So I have one number one seed in there. I went full chaos bracket. Um, and that's it. I like it. It's warranted this year. There's not a favorite. So this is the year for the full chaos bracket. Side note on your national title, Rick Barnes would be losing to his old team. Sure. Rick Barnes of Tennessee, old coach of Texas for many years. He would be losing to him. I've actually got Tennessee going down in the first round to Louisiana. Mm. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see what the happens. The Raging Cajuns, you got to watch out for them. That's a fun name, too. You gotta, they play in the same bowl every oh, year. In the in the care in the in the dome in New Orleans, they play the bowl season every year. The raging Cajuns are and, in that. And I'll bowl. I'll be completely honest. I have no reason. Uh, good buddy Stephen Peck, friend of the show, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, good if buddy. He, if he's listening, he'll laugh at this because I have no reason, zero reason. In fact, all of us have no reason to trust Tennessee past anything past the first round this year because of what they did last year guys i dressed up in like a bright orange hoodie and wore like <laughs> orange nikes to like a michigan party to watch that basketball game live bet tennessee like seven times and michigan just beat the piss out of them so i should hate tennessee for the rest i got so drunk with steven i should hate tennessee forever but here i have them in the national championship versus another orange opponent just i went with orange orange was my theme this year Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Shame on me. So, Chandler, um, who do you have? Uh, who do you have in your final four? Uh, I haven't officially done my final four yet, but I da, will da, da, give da, da. you. I will give you some Let's ups. Some hip action. Okay, I'm going to tell you this because I, I don't want to give it up just yet. But I will tell you a big upset that I see this weekend, and we were just in this region, and it affects Michigan State's region. I have Memphis beating Purdue round two. Memphis looks great. Memphis beat Houston to win the AAC, and now they are going to play possibly Purdue in the second round. I think Purdue is fraud you. I think they're terrible. I think they have no chance at making it. So I will tell you, through the first weekend, Memphis is one of my big upsets. They play Florida Atlantic week one, or round one, and then they would play Purdue round two. So I gave you Duke. Duke's in my final four. I like UCLA coming out of the West region. I also agree with Frank. I like Texas yep. to make it out of the Midwest. And I'm going to go with a team. This has nothing other than 
a, a team that treated me well in the past. I'm going to take Baylor out of the South to get to the Final Four. So my Final Four is Duke, Baylor, UCLA, Texas. Wow. Texas boys making noise. I do have bad news for you, Chandler, though. On my absolutely perfect bracket, I got uh, Memphis going down in the first round to FAU. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, I'm done then. Yeah, wow. no, you're toast. I'm done then. I pulled this one up. I Hard. looked at it, and I said, FAU's only lost three games this year. I don't see them losing four this early. It, it's it's one of those things. I, I just... Um, Eight, 18 and two in the conference, you know? Hey, 18 and two. Owls. Tough <laughs> the, team. The Owls. Oh, my God. That is the Owls. Holy shit. That's the Owls. Uh, the only reason I'm laughing at that is because I swung by my parents yesterday. And God bless my mom. She tries to just, like, talk sports with me, like, on the very highest level. And she's like, she's like, getting ready for the tournament. And I'm like, sure am, Mom. You know, and she's like, how's Michigan State? I'm like, oh, you know, they're, they're not great, whatever. And she goes, who's the under – this is the phrase. Who's the underdog this year? Who's the underdog this year? Blanket, there's 64 teams, not even counting the playing games. And I was just like, I don't know. There's quite a bit of them. And she goes, I heard the Owls are a good good underdog to take this year. I didn't even know who she was talking about. Wow. Did she say, like, did she say like who is the underdog, or was she, like, more nonchalant about it? I think she was trying to be, like, serious. I think she probably saw one article somewhere that mentioned the Owls. Did she know they were Florida Atlantic, or she just knew they no, were the No, she owls? literally just said the Owls, and what's funny is, like, I know they're Florida Atlantic, and she knew they were the Owls, and now, now it's all full, full circle. So oh. I, might, I might have to take FAU over Purdue now. I can't change it, though. So I'm doing Memphis to get out and beat Purdue, and then my other big upset, Rick Patino, the ultimate greasy used car salesman, <laughs> is going to beat UConn, and he's going to take Iona to the Sweet 16 before he leaves for a bigger job next year. And those are real insights. Wow. Um, I have Providence over Kentucky. Frank, are you dying to hear my final four? I, I remember you saying that. Well, yeah. I mean, me and Chandler have been talking enough. I'm sure you've been able to hop on the internet and actually <laughs> put together a real thought. So go ahead. Oh, Henry Hip over there. <laughs> hey, I just, me, uh, I, I'm telling it like it is. I don't know fucking dick. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys this. The, the couple upsets that I've been looking at that I like round one. Uh, the first one is I like Providence. To upset number six Kentucky, just said that down in down in the East bracket. Keep an eye on those boys. And the this Friars. one, I feel like is what's that? Sorry, I just said the Friars. My bad. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. No Friar up, brood. I love Friars. Um, and, and the other one that I like a lot here is is Utah State number ten taking on number seven Missouri. Uh, keep an eye on on the boys in blue and silver. I think Utah State uh, gets it done handily against Missouri. I think that's a big mismatch, bad matchup for the Tigers. <laughs> what do you think about those, Frank? Any uh, any insight? I actually am going to ask you guys no. some questions here. So Northwestern, uh, we know some know some folks there. Chicago's Big Ten University. So uh, they are in the tournament for like the second time in their history, yep. something like that. Uh, and yeah. they got Boise State in the first round, and then we got obviously they run into UCLA, which you both are very excited about. Any chance? So I'm looking here. You know, Northwestern seems to get up for these big games, four and one versus the top 24. If I'm UCLA, I'm not loving, not loving that draw off a spunky Northwestern team. I, I agree with your premise. The thing is, Northwestern's a defensive team. Yeah. And UCLA's a an offensive team. Okay. Um, so can they keep up with them? And even if they can, 
you got to play possibly Gonzaga in the next round. I don't see it. We're going to root for our Big Ten friends. We know people at Northwestern, like you said. Definitely going to root for them, root for a run. Their longest run in school history, I believe, would just be winning a game. I don't think they've won a game. Right. So if they can just win a game, that's a win, literally, for Northwestern. Um, But I don't see them taking down UCLA. No, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't see them getting out of the first round. I think that that Northwestern loses loses to Boise State. Ouch! Wow. Ouch. Uh, so another question: How many do you guys know off the top of your head? How many Big Ten teams we had? Um, let's see. Let's just count them real quick. I think eight. Eight. Yeah, I was gonna say eight. How many survive the round of sixty-four? One, two. Whew. Survived the round of 64. Well, Purdue's definitely going to win. That's one. Michigan State's going to win. That's two. I got Northwestern North, surviving. Northwestern. That's three. Indiana should win. Maryland plays West Virginia. I think West Virginia is going to beat Maryland. So, Indiana, I, I think you're right with that, Lou. Mm-hmm. That's four. Auburn's going to beat Iowa, in my opinion. So, Penn State. I could see Penn State beating Texas A&M. Sir Julius. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. Five. Yeah. I, I think five's a good number. I think five's a good number for to, to advance uh, for the Big Ten out of the first round. All my hoops knowledge pretty much circles around the Big Ten. Know what's crazy? The Big Ten hasn't won a title since Michigan State. That is that's yeah, that's crazy. actually crazy. I did hear that not too long ago. That's absolutely wild for how highly regarded they are as a basketball conference to not have a national championship now going on 23 years. Do you think Michigan fans listening right now are um, punching the air because they want to count wherever that was versus Louisville? Yeah, they're like, no, Spike actually had a clean – or Trey Burke had a clean block, so we should have won. Well, and they vacated it, right? Louisville's vacated that championship. They did. Yeah. Yeah, technically they did. Oops, checking in. Scumbag Rick well, Pitino. Well, lost. You know, we can, I, we can talk about vacating <laughs> this and that. They didn't win the game, right? I was sitting at Rick's for that I one, mean, and I thought they were going to win that oh, game. Oh, we all were. That was, that was actually a very sad Rick's. game. That was a sad <laughs> Rick's. I mean, I've had sad Rick's visits. That one, I just remember, like, sitting at the bar hunched over, like, with just beers. Like, did you have an Irish car bomb? No, I think it was because there was nothing fun about it, you know? Nothing fun. I remember that day. I remember us taking Just pictures. vodka shots that day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, get with it or and get it, on. And it's always a Monday, right? Yes. Always <laughs> so. a Monday. Yeah, it was. It was a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's bleak. <laughs> That's bleak. Um, all right, cool. Well, the NCAA tournament, just to put a bow on it, a couple things we're taking here. Just a reminder for the Champagne Fizz points bet. Streaker classic bet we're putting in 250 on Michigan State. Oh, if they win, if they win, that payout is um, a, it's 250 to win 192.32. So for a total payout of 442.33, and then we will take that winning and pick someone in the round of 32 money line, and we are going to try to push this thing all the way to the Natty title. So follow along. It'll be a lot of fun. Keep it safe on Friday and good luck with all your bets on the tournament. Keep it safe. This is the most dangerous betting weekend. I would argue there ever is. It is the most slippery slope 
if you are not careful. Oh, the live bet chasing is just at an all-time high this weekend. You can bet two units to start the game, and you're in for 10 by halftime. And, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I watch the NFL, I watch a lot of the games, and, you know, it's like, if you do bad on the 1 o'clock, I feel like I have a grip on where I could get it at the, the, the afternoon games and then even the night game. Like you guys just heard me talk, I don't know anything about this stuff, and mix in the tournament and all the chaos. It, it I am just blindly throwing darts if you get behind <laughs> early, and it gets it gets real spooky. But man, I love this tournament. I would argue it's it might be the best in sports, if not the best. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. This is definitely one of my favorite weekends of the year, especially because like the St. Patrick thing always aligns with it. Michigan State, green, white, St. Patrick's Day, 25 consecutive years in the NCAA tournament. What yes, else sir. do you want? Doesn't get better. Just need a USC, uh, MSU over USC win now. Um, I think that was it. That's all, that's all we got on the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think you're right. If I think of it, I'll yell it. Um, but also very exciting stuff going on. This week, the NFL has opened free agency or we're in the tampering period or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Free agency is open and it's been exciting. I've been excited for it. It hasn't been mind blowing, but definitely a lot of stuff we, we need to touch on here for free agency. 100%. I think the biggest thing is getting the two corners. Um, our, our secondary was weak for the, the most part of the year. We make a big splash yesterday, getting Cam Sutton at about $11 million a year. Um, he was physical on the outside for the Steelers' defense. Something we need. Slot him right away into the number one corner spot. And then we follow it up today with Emmanuel Mosley signing from San Francisco. He's been injured on and off, um, but when he's played, he has been impactful as well. So not only do we get a high-end corner in Cam Smith, we add some depth to us for what was a rather thin secondary going into or out of last year. And it kind of shakes up everything now as to what we do the rest of the offseason when you see that we sign and commit uh, a good chunk of our free agent money to the secondary. Yes, exactly. And I just want to recap for anybody out there who may not know exactly uh, how these dominoes fell into place. Essentially, obviously, Lions need a lot of D help. Uh, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey from the LA Rams, biggest uh, free agent cornerback piece out on the market, uh, arguably the best in the league, top five for sure. He gets traded to Miami for a sack of footballs, essentially, a third-round pick and a tight end like Mike Hall, something like that. I'm blanking on his name. It's mm -hmm. a tight end no one's heard of. Uh, so very low price tag there. Everyone's kind of wondering why the Lions weren't involved in those discussions. Biggest reason being, apparently word on the street, is Ramsey really wanted to go to Miami. Uh, when we were kids growing up, that didn't really matter, but now players have a lot more say in things. Uh, so Jalen Ramsey ends up in Miami, biggest cornerback off the market. Brad Holmes bounces back and gets Cam Sutton for three years, $33 million. I believe $22 million is guaranteed. He comes from the Steelers. Everything that Chandler said, obviously accurate. Um, I did a little kind of like Twitter, like get in the fans, get in the mix of it, see what fans are saying in Pittsburgh. They're bummed. They are very bummed that they're losing this guy. Seems like very solid. Definitely not as flashy or as exciting as Ramsey, but a need filled for sure coming from a great org and their fan base was pretty bummed. So that's always a good sign. 
Never hurts picking up defensive players from Pittsburgh, that's for sure. Yes, and then same goes for Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, just to get a little more detailed, he's the other cornerback we got from San Francisco that Chandler mentioned. He actually had a pick six and a bunch of tackles and was playing very strong before tearing his ACL after week five. We got him one year, $6 million. Great, great pickup, I think. Low Why risk, not? high reward. Yeah. You're tied to him for a year. It's mu- It reminds me of the Chark move last year. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, prove it to me. Chark coming off an injury last year. Mosley coming off an injury this year. Hey, prove it to me, and we'll talk after the season if we can get an extension after that. Yes, and then we also re-signed Will Harris today. Not a very exciting move, but he's back. He's cheap. It's whatever. Depth. Yep, depth. Um, and then two. I do like the Kaminsky. Oh, Kaminsky coming back is nice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, do you guys know what his deal was? That's actually one I don't have on my sheet. I think sheet. it was one year for $4 million. It was one year? Yes. Oh, wow. Or two years, excuse me. Okay. Two, two years. Year, yeah. And I think it was, let's see what he has um, for Kaminsky here. John Kaminsky, he got a two-year deal from the Lions, $8.5 million. So $4 million a year for two years. One of those guys that... I felt like on third down, we had four DNs playing mm-hmm. on the D front. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great depth guy. Hopefully, we draft a defensive lineman, but that's what the best teams in the league do. You look at the best teams in the league from Kansas City all the way down San Francisco, Eagles, they have six or seven defensive linemen that they rotate consistently in. I like how this regime is really focusing on depth because the other move they made, re-signing our boy Bugsy. Big Bugsy. Bugsy. I like that, that signing. And both these guys, uh, you know, I mean, we're not in the locker room every day, but, man, we feel pretty close to this team. We feel like Dan Campbell is a guy we'd hang out with. Uh, right. They feel like Campbell guys. Yes. I mean, without a yeah. doubt. They're high energy, high motor. Never, You're never out there looking at Bugsy or Kaminsky and saying, this guy ain't fucking giving it 100% out there. No, I totally agree. So we got that. And then in that same vein, you want to talk about Campbell guys. We got our guy, Alex Analzone, Anzalone. <laughs> He's back. A lot of people, I posted this thing on Instagram, and I've, I'm um, determined, or con- I'm like assured of this, that it is popular to not like him. People, It's easy to not like Alex Anzalone. It's like the cool thing to do. Yes, I agree. And because every comment was like, oh, God, overpaid, not good, whatever. And I'm not here to like be his champion, but I thought he played pretty strong at the end of last year. I don't think he's the greatest or anything like that. I don't think he's the future, but I'm not mad at this contract that he got. And and from what I was reading too on I this, I think we need some. Uh, I, I was going to say real quick, Chandler. I think we need some welcome to the anal zone champagne shirts, possibly, Frank. Wow, welcome to the anal zone champagne shirts, Frank. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, I I don't know why I haven't. Well, I haven't made those yet. I was kind of taking the brand, you know, more of a sleek, yeah, designer direction. But I think I just need to. I think I need to come out with a collection of tees that are the street tees. You know, like like bitch, I'm a, like bitch, I'm from Detroit. Bitch, I'm a dog. I love that. Bite my bite You're my fucking. Like your 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 second tier players on on the Detroit sports teams, right? The guys yeah. that aren't aren't in the headlines, not your Larkins, not your no, you know, Swifts. Yeah. We, and, we, we got to represent those those second-tier guys and you know the, grit, the motors of this town. Dude, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, like, when you go to a Lions game, Tiger team, Wings game, there's always the street tees out there. You know, they're $10, they are $15. You can kind of negotiate on price. It's cash only, that's for sure. You know, I, I've, I've bought one that says, like, uh, she loves the D. 
uh, D in your mouth with an F. I bought okay. that. I love a street tea. So maybe I have to come up with this, this gritty line of, of teas that are like, you know, welcome to the anal zone. And You're just going to have to get a little grittier on your negotiations with vendors in Detroit after the, the weekend blunder you had this weekend where you just forked yeah. over $20 yeah. to the valet guy. <laughs> I know. That's what happens. Like, you live in the city, you, you, you negotiate, you haggle, and then you move to the suburbs and you're just like, can I pay you anymore? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But I think with uh, Anzalone, now that I'm saying it correctly, um, a locker room guy. I think that's why they did re-sign him. I think he's a vet. Um, He's going to bring some stability. The defense is getting younger, which is crazier to think. But um, at the end of the day, I believe that's why they re-signed Anzalone. Um, And I, I guess it's better than what we have. We really don't have too many linebackers outside of them. So... Getting him back will be good just for the consistency and the consistent voice in the locker room. Speaking of linebackers, though, feel like uh, the Bears got a, a pretty big haul between TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edwards. The Bears, we talked about it a couple weeks back, I think, when we said, hey, you know, we're not too nervous about the Bears. It's going to take a year or two, but between now and then, They've gotten three extra first and seconds in the next two years. They've gotten DJ Moore, a number one wide receiver. They've gotten two new linebackers, and they have draft capital coming out the ass with rumors that they might even be trading down again out of the nine spot. So it's one of those things where Rodgers has a foot out the door. Maybe the Bears are that next team to push us because I think the Packers and Vikings, we can all agree, are heading in the other direction, whereas I think – the Lions and the Bears are getting younger, doing it the right way by getting draft capital, younger guys, cap space, and really ascending into what could be, you know, the top half of the NFC. I'm not going to say the Bears are a playoff team yet, but they're not going to be cellar dwellers like they were last year. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I so I would just say backing out, if we could take a step back all the way to Carolina trading the first round pick uh, two sides to look at that. Number one, if I'm a Carolina fan, so Carolina gives up first round this year, first round next year, second round this year, second round next year. Correct. Yep. And DJ Moore. Yep. Who I think is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's very good. He's he's there's an argument there. I think he's very good. I think he uh, had Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield as his quarterbacks last year. And I don't think it's getting better with fields. I'm not a fields believer whatsoever, but before we get too off track, like Carolina trades that number one overall pick uh, or uh, Chicago trades the number one overall pick for that haul. I just mentioned, I, if I'm a Carolina fan, like I'm furious. I absolutely hate that trade. I hate it the amount that you gave up to get that number one overall in a QB draft class that I'm not personally absolutely in love with. This isn't like you have your consensus number one quarterback going number one overall. We don't know who they're going to take. And then after they make this trade where they give up uh, two years of their top draft picks and their number one weapon for that quarterback that they are going to draft, uh, they say they're still open to moving the number one overall pick. It's 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 mind-boggling to think that. Now, you just don't, like, you start seeing how teams are formulating. You can see it with the Bears. You saw it with the Lions when they traded Stafford. Like, you see the plan. I, I don't see the Panthers' plan. And everything that I've read has narrowed it down to two quarterbacks if they stay at number one, C.J. Stroud, which everyone says is their favorite. And I'm starting to see Anthony Richardson. Yeah, of course you are. As their possible number one pick. So, 
it's it's not even the best quarterback in the draft, which is Bryce Young right now. They're thinking about taking the second and or fourth best quarterbacks on the board at number one. And, and I just can't look at this deal or any of it. And I there's no part of me that thinks this is was a good trade at all for Carolina. If the Lions did this, we would all three of us would be losing our we'd be losing our minds. Could you? Yeah, I'd be storming the plant in uh, in Allen Park right now. And it's like, oh, well, maybe they'll get their guy. I just, how can you trust anything Carolina's done? Like, they just, like, are they in or are they out? They traded McCaffrey, then almost made the playoffs kind of deal, and then and then they get rid of DJ Moore but are going to bring in a quarterback and then, like, like, get rid of all of their draft capital for the next two years. I just, I truly don't get it. And, like, honestly, I'm jealous of Chicago for being the ones that, got to be part of that trade 100% they they did a haul they're doing what they had to do and now they have money to spend and assets to spend uh to build that team back up so um we'll see what happens yeah and I'm just so as far as the Bears go for next year I'm not too scared of them like I truly believe they're capped at fields and I don't think fields is that great Mm -hmm. I think he's extremely explosive and you're definitely going to get the three to five 60 yard plus touchdown runs this year but I do think teams will figure him out and be like hey just don't let his legs beat you but I don't think he can throw this is not the first time I've said this and had to eat my own words Uh, I did this with Jalen Hurts so I could be wrong but Ohio State quarterback broken record Ohio State quarterbacks don't have a great track record I also look at the Bears as like not a good organization. Uh, they're still like fighting over if they're going to stay in the city or not. I could see them fucking this up, and the Bears don't scare me at all next year, personally. Right, right. What about uh, what about the other team in the NFC North? A lot of news going around currently. An official, unofficial deal in place right now with Aaron Rodgers. Let's just first jump to the chase because you know there's rumors around it right now. The Jets and Packers have a deal in place to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, but it's on him to okay it or let them know what he's doing next. That's that's my understanding of the situation as it is. I then saw another tweet today that said that Rodgers is already telling the Jets who he wants to sign before he makes a decision as to if he's going there. Am I getting that and gathering that story correct, Frank? I saw it from a real source, like an actual real source. Lou, you're you're a big Favre guy, right? I was, yes. <laughs> so I want your take on this. I know we've kind of been uh, you know, dominating the the convo here with the Bears. I want I want your take first on the the Rodgers situation, which everything Chaney said is true from like legitimate sources. Actual reporters. Yeah, and, and, and- I've I've seen all the same stuff that that you guys are reading on Twitter as well, and and it's kind of coming to fruition. Like Lazard just got paid to go to New York today. I think he got four years for forty four million. Crazy. Um, there was a who was the other guy from the Packers? Mercedes I think that, Lewis. That, yep. So he was on the list. I heard as well. So I mean, he. You they know, went I after. Mean, they went after Cobb. They went after Cobb too. They've been talking to Cobb, yes. and then on the last one on Rodgers' list was OBJ. And part of me thinks he's just fucking with them now. They're, 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 I, they can't. Like what he can get away with. How yes. much money do you have? I just, right? okay, this whole situation to me, uh, I'm looking at the Jets as you just have absolutely, you have no respect for yourself. Your fans should have no respect for you. 
Um, what you're doing to to get Aaron Rodgers is like sickening to me. He's essentially GMing your team without uh, an agreement to go there yet. Yeah, he, he's, he's he's bringing like a few of his boys that he didn't want to leave behind on the Packers, and he's and he's making sure they're all locked in before he commits. I mean, at this point. If he doesn't go to New York, what the fuck is going on? There's I will no be so yeah in Green Bay after all this, right? Him on Green Bay still like doesn't scare me, so it's not like oh no, he's still in the division oh, yeah, or anything like that, right? Way. I think the Packers are are fucked. So, so that doesn't matter from a Lions standpoint at all, right? Yes, I agree, and that's why I am to the point of like I want him to stay in Green Bay or re- I want him to not go to the Jets just to point and laugh at them for the forever because. I, they'll be the like biggest Camp joke organization. Sports physical and the trade's dead. Because <laughs> he like did too much fucking hashayuka or whatever that shit is. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. Earthworms underneath the fucking hill in Oregon. <laughs> Why are they going? I, I get it. Rodgers was a good player, but let's just call it as it is. He's 39. He's going to be 40 before the end of the season next year. And I understand you're going to have to get a little more or commit a little more to this guy that I'm going to bring up, but... We've got a situation in Baltimore right now where you have a current top 10 quarterback who's going into his prime that probably will get traded for an equal amount, although you have to tie a re-signing of a longer-term contract to Lamar Jackson. So I just don't totally understand what the Jets are doing because how many years can you really expect out of a guy turning 40 next year? Yeah, and and do the Jets feel like a team that is – that piece away because if you don't win it this year like you got to do this whole fucking circus again you have to you got to do it again you have to do it all again and even if they were like as an afc team you're going up against the bills the Bengals, the chiefs an emerging jags team you've got the dolphins now who are in your division with jalen ramsey you've got five or six teams that are arguably ahead of you even after the trade, let alone prior to the trade. So like you said, again, you said it about the Bears. I'll say it about the Jets. It's not a great franchise. No, no. I mean, we knew that. I mean, but the, We knew the, that, the but now this is like. too bad, though. This is if, like. If, 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 go ahead. My bad. I, in my opinion, I was going to say, if, if Rodgers does end up getting over to New York, they're not looking that bad. Like, they have Sauce Gardner, Mosley on defense, Brees Hall coming back off injury. Aaron Rodgers, um, Lazard, and then Elijah Moore's there, I know, right now, but he could be shipped. I mean, they're not in, like, terrible shape. Conklin at, at, at uh, tight end. They're, I mean, they, I, they ain't like <laughs> No, no, I, no, Lou, and I agree. I don't think the Jets are, like, bad. I just don't think they're one piece away. So, like, in my opinion, San Francisco is just, like, a quarterback away from truly contending for a Super Bowl. Like, I don't feel that way about the Jets. And that's fair. And I just, I have no respect for them after all of this. I just, I've never seen anything like this. And part of me just thinks that Rogers is just seeing how far he can push it and like giggling at his home and seeing how far he can get it. And then he's just going to sign with the Packers or like retire. And I love how Rogers, anytime he has a fucking big announcement to make, big announcement in quotations. It's always released on the fucking Pat McAfee show. Did you see that again? No. He's yeah. So he's going to like, he, he has like, uh, his, he's doing his pod with Pat McAfee at one o'clock tomorrow. I bet you, I bet you he mentioned something about the Jets stuff. 
and that could be done to, done deal. That's a, that's a pretty good take, Lou. I think you're you've, you're onto something here. Where he might make an announcement tomorrow. Yeah, I just how this guy is. This, this whole situation is just bonkers. Like I have no respect for anybody involved in it. He loves he loves dragging this out, though. He loves this. How cool Rogers, is it though for is. you though? You might have gotten to see his last game oh, in yeah. Lambeau, yeah, and we got to send him home. Yeah, it's, I mean that that'd be pretty cool. I think that would be great. Yeah. I think that would be great. So and, and and you know what? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's just a little sweetener. That game was not about Rodgers whatsoever. That game was about the Detroit Lions. Yes, just changing. That was the tide turning in the North. Amen. That was, that's what that game Amen. was. Uh, Amen. Um, all right. I, I could seriously talk about the Rodgers-Jets things all day. Uh, it's also like probably like Salah, you know, comes in there uh, for the Jets and preaches this whole – like he just seems the complete opposite of what everything Rodgers is bringing. Yes. Um, so whatever. I could go about that all day. Other teams that I want to point and laugh at – uh, the Raiders. I would love to point and laugh at them for a second, if you guys wouldn't mind. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I won't, very, <laughs> very good running back. He is franchise tagged, uh, and he's sad about it. He is not happy about it at all because today they found out they're trading Waller to the Giants, and he tweeted out, it's just sad for real. They, huh? The Giants got him for a third-round pick, too. I mean, yes. what a steal for New York. Yes, if you're a Raiders fan, you have to be absolutely gutted. You were in the conversation of maybe getting Brady or Aaron Rodgers or right. Lamar or anybody fucking cool coming to your city uh, to finally get your QB option after it was a disaster with Carr, and you sign Jimmy Garoppolo. You sign a better-looking Derek Carr to come to your city, and then you ship away the number two receiving option in Waller, who's the ultimate feel-good story in the NFL. You know how many Waller jerseys there probably are in Las Vegas. Um, oh, yeah. And you bring in uh, Jacoby Myers as a little Band-Aid. And Amir Abdullah, apparently, I found out today. Guy's still in the league? It's unreal. Yeah, that's. I didn't know he was still playing. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. To put kind of a bow on all this, I think the biggest move outside of Detroit that affects Detroit could be the move that was made here uh, just yesterday, and that was the Seahawks signing Draymond Jones, defensive tackle from the Broncos, three years, $51 million. The Seahawks have been rumored to select Jalen Carter at five. Yep. They're now committing a lot of money to Draymond Jones, are they really going to spend the fifth overall pick and $17 million a year on two interior D linemen? I don't know. Raises some eyebrows. I feel like this is gaining steam and momentum. We were kind of joking about it two weeks ago. Uh, let's get Carter. Then last week, we were unsure about his, all, his legal issues. Well, maybe he'll drop to us. Now I feel like it's going to be our choice. We either take him and take the talent and you know, step aside or look away from the character issues, or we say, hey, he's too much of a problem. He's not a guy that we're looking to build into our culture, which I'm kind of leaning we're going that way right now, but everything's working in our path right now. Seahawks, get a defensive tackle. We sign two cornerbacks. What does that leave us with? Linebacker and D lineman as our most glaring holes right now, and there's not a linebacker worth taking at six. Yeah, and, and, and we I didn't try to sign one. Chandler, I think too that 
that Seattle has had their pick this whole entire time. I think they've been eyeing Tyree Wilson the entire time, and I don't think they've strayed away from that. And he's been on every board I've seen and anywhere, and, and he seems like the perfect type of Seattle out, big outside linebacker, defensive end, wherever you want to put him at. Um, I feel like Jalen Carter is going to fall in our laps if we want him. And I say it not sarcastically, but we talked earlier and we touched on the depth of our D-line earlier in this episode. You can ease a Jalen Carter into that. Not that he needs to be, but you can play him third down if you want to start the year and just let him go nuts from the inside on a pass rush. And I also just wonder if Holmes just goes King's Ransom if he's there. He could do that as well. Because I, I, that character thing, as much as everyone hates to hear it and rolls their eyes when I say it, I think it's real. I know it's real. It was real. The Fords wanted this character bullshit when they were just getting bad players. Now they're buying into a system, and the character thing is real. Um, and we don't know the whole story with Jalen Carter, and I've never had a conversation with the young man, you know, and all that. I don't know where his head's at or anything like that, but it's, it's a real, you know, if we're the Bengals or the Raiders – you know, we're taking him, but I don't know. Well, rumor has it if he comes to us, we're going to get him on the fizz for one of the next 100 episodes. Yeah, he's so. probably listening right now. Yeah, I think so too. So, welcome to Detroit. Jaylen, we'd love to have you, brother. Yeah, we, we would. would love to have you. <laughs> Final note for NFL free agency, unless these guys got something uh, Matt Gay signed the largest kicker contract ever with the Indianapolis Colts, another fan base that my heart goes out to at this time. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck are the Colts doing, man? <laughs> They're, like, paying Matt Ryan 40 mil a year this year. <laughs> Dude, I just – I there's a lot of teams I just want to point and laugh at. The Jets, number one. The Raiders, number two. Uh, Carolina, number three. Uh, Colts are in there. I'm kind of laughing at the Saints, too. I just – there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, and you just, you just went load heavy on Derek Carr. Yeah. What's worse – Paying for a, overpaying for a kicker or spending a first round pick on a kicker, the latter, the latter, the latter. Yeah, yeah. Or signing Josh Oliver to three years, twenty two million in Minnesota. Well, let's laugh at the Raiders again then, because they <laughs> spent a first rounder many years ago on Sebastian Janikowski. So this is the Raiders bludgeoning on the Fizz today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys, let's move into. Uh, I don't even know how. How are we? Uh, yeah, we got, we're about an hour, hour five, hour 10 in. All right. What's well, episode 100? We'll play two games today. There we go. All right. So I got to find my sheet. Gaming podcast. Yeah. I got to find my sheet that I made like three weeks ago when we were supposed to play this game, but we always talk too much. <laughs> um, in the meantime, while I'm shuffling through papers, I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Detroit Red Wings. We don't need to get into it too much, but they played with a lot of heart on national TV, back to back games versus the number one team in the NHL. Um, on TNT, they played Boston. Burt's returned to Detroit. First game was in Boston. Second game was in Detroit. Detroit goes up 2-0 in the first game, ends up losing 3-2. Had a lot of fight in them, maybe some non-calls. Boston, you know, ended up proving they were a little bit of the better team there. Uh, but it was absolutely the Boston show for the whole weekend. And for the Wings to win that second game at home with Burt there uh, on kids' night, on national TV, I thought was pretty great. Uh, Mo Sider scored, in my opinion, the goal of the year. That was fucking awesome to see him pickpocket pasta at the blue line, take it the other way, and I don't know how you get a backhand in in that spot in the NHL. If you guys haven't seen it, I, I really thought the goal was, was fucking amazing. Um, 
Uh, and another feel-good story from the Red Wings, Chase on uh, from the Red Wings, 32 years old. He thought his time in the NHL was done. He's played for seven different teams. He's bounced up and down his whole career. Gets called up here after the trade deadline because the Wings need players. Uh, he has an assist, a highlight reel assist through his legs in his first game and then scores, I believe, in his next two or two of the next three. Um, scored twice versus Boston, if I have that correctly, um, and he's fr- and he went yep. to school in the Boston area. So just love those stories, love those guys that have grinded it out, uh, that you know make it to the show and are able to produce. And uh, just shout out to him. That's uh, probably the most immaculate feeling in the world, thinking your career is done and then you're scoring goals versus the best team in the NHL on national TV. So... Shout out Chase on. Okay, I am still looking for this sheet of paper. So, oh, I found it. Here it is. It was not on line paper. Okay, so we are going to play this game before getting into over-under. Uh, and it's a game you've all played before, but we're going to play it in a little bit of a different manner. I hope it works out. Uh, it may not, but that's kind of how we do things here. So we're going to play Fuck, Mary Kill, all right? Uh, but we're not going to play this with any other individuals uh, or anything like that. We're going to do it with movies. Kill Pizzo. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, of course. That's always the... It's always the well, I'm glad you didn't want to fuck me, Chandler. Thanks. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Is it weirder if he wants to marry you? He, like, wants a life with you? Okay, so... We're going to do fuck, Mary kill. And the one caveat to this that I saw people play and it kind of worked was I don't, you have to decide as you go. So I'm going to give the name of a movie and you have to decide if you want to fuck, Mary or kill that movie. And essentially what I have for like fuck, Mary kill is like, how, how did I, I like describe like Mary is like a movie you would be like trapped on an Island with. You know, it's like the movie you have to watch all the time. Kill means you have to throw it in the ocean. It's like you never get to watch it again. And then uh, I guess the fuck is just like you get to watch it like one time type deal. All right. Guilty pleasure movie. There you go. That's it. That's it, Pizzo. That's what I said. Way to go. All right. So first uh, first movie on the list, Fuck, Mary Kill. I'll start with Channy here. Uh, We're going to go old school. Old school. That was on my list. Uh, I am going to go old school without knowing anything I am going to go fuck. Okay. I want to watch it every once in a while. It's good in the rotation. It's a classic. I can't put that on repeat, though. I'm going to go fuck with old school. Lou? I will follow suit with Chandler and go fuck on old school as well. And I feel like that is the, like, safe play because you're not, like, throwing it away and you're also not marrying it. So, Mm -hmm. all right, safe to start. Next on the list. Super bad. Super bad. Ooh, super bad. I am going to go with super bad as Mary. I'm going to go yeah. Mary on super bad. I have watched it a lot of times. All-time classic, in my opinion. Nostalgic. Mary. Super bad. Lou? Yeah, I hate to, I hate to follow suit, but, uh, but, but super bad's an all-time classic for me. That that's an easy marry. Yeah. Get divorced and marry again. Yeah. I feel like uh so the last one on the list, which you're both killing, you have to kill this movie, is Wedding Crashers. Oh man. <laughs> to be honest with you, out of the out of the three, that would be my my third favorite, though. 
I think I'm switching Wedding Crashers with Old School. Yeah, it's t- it's so close. It's, it's very but I, close, though. That's a very tight-knit group. I would say, so I would agree. If I were to, like, hindsight this, I would probably go fuck, Mary kill in the way you guys did it. And I think the only reason I'm giving Old School the edge over Wedding Crashers is just because Old School came first. Old School, I felt like, was, like, one of those movies that kind of kicked off the barrage of, like, these very good comedies. Like, comedies? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I feel like we haven't had one of those in like so long. And I don't know if that's just because we are older now and we don't think the new stuff's funny, but I like it felt like old school super bad wedding crashers, uh, like hangover, all these movies were kind of like around the same time, and I feel like we haven't had one in a long time. Yep, I agree with it. It's uh it's you know, it's it only comes around so often. You yeah. know what I mean? You only get Will Farrell type actors so often, Jonah Hill type actors so often, so I agree with you. We're old. We're grumpy. We don't think it's funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. But with that being said, these are timeless classics. Okay, let's move to the next one. Um, let's go, Lou. You're up. We'll do you first this time. Let's go, okay. Water Boy. All right. So, so to start, I'm oh. gonna give you guys. Oh, he's got a list. Different. I'm gonna give you three different movie categories. And then I'll give you my three movies from those three categories, depending on which one you pick, if that makes sense. Sure. Go ahead. Fire away. Yeah. I didn't even think you were going to do what you're doing. So, (laughs) well, good. Get get ready, baby. I'm ready. So I have, all right. So the first category of movies would be like shitty action 2000s movies. Okay. Okay. Next category would be like funny. 2000s alongside kind of similar to, to ones that that frank mentioned all right okay and then the last category would be like award-winning action movies of the 2000s shitty action 90s. movies i want to go with shitty action movies I, I i'm not ebert and roper yeah, over here award-winning i don't need okay, like american beauty right. yeah <laughs> slumdog <laughs> millionaire jesus book. man. Yeah. all right the first one anaconda Oof. Anaconda. Um, I just, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to think that there's a better level of shitty than Anaconda. I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm cutting its head off literally and figuratively. Anaconda is getting killed. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. It's pretty low risk. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like what could be up against this? Like snakes on a plane, right? Like right. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill like Anaconda as well. Okay. Okay. Two kills for Anaconda. The next one, Deep Blue Sea. Wow. Deep Blue Sea. I'm going to fuck Deep Blue Sea. I, I can't <laughs> believe I just said that. but um, that, That's what I'm going to do. Deep Blue Sea. Watch it every once in a while. I'm stuck. I'm marrying. Uh, I'm blindly marrying somebody. Dude, I think I'm going to do the same. Isn't that, isn't that LL Cool J in Deep Blue? And Samuel yeah, L. And Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, this fucking shark ate me. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I'll fuck it. Deep is- Bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. All right. It's bluest. <laughs> Give us the one we're both marrying. Blade. Oh, oh yeah, wow. nice. I love that. You played that well. Yeah, I played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good team effort Great there. Work. Okay, so I guess everyone's. I guess everyone's doing it. So I have something here, um, Frank. It was similar to yours. So. I'm going to give you three. I'm not going to tell you the category. Right. We're just going to go right ahead and into it. Right. Are you ready with Frank Talladega Nights? Oh my God. Ooh, because 
because you think they're going to be in the same category ask, otherwise the game gets a little nuts. So just thought process thinking through this. I love Talladega Nights, but is it like a goat movie in the movies of the categories you're going to? I'm going to go easy way out. I'm going to fuck Talladega Nights. I'm going to fuck it. Wow. Oh man, I, that's a that's a good pick there, Frank. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Cal- Talladega wow. Nights and, and, and see what's see what's left over though. Okay, okay, that's fine. So Frank is fucking Talladega Nights, and Pizzo's killing Talladega Nights. The second on the list is Anchorman. So, oh, thank God. Oh, I uh, I'm marrying Anchorman. I'm absolutely blo- I'm marrying Anchorman. Anchorman is way up there for me. And one of the coldest takes that are, maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. People don't agree with it at all. Anchorman 2 was very funny. Everyone doesn't like that movie. I thought it was very funny, but honestly, I'm kind of a Will Ferrell slappy along with, um, um, why am I blanking on his name? Well, Steve Carell. And then who's Ryan Fantana? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, uh, uh, Ant-Man for Christ's sake. Paul Rudd. Thank you. I love, I just love those three guys a ton. So I'm marrying Anchorman. Wow, good, uh, good pick. I, I, I have to agree, Frank. Anchorman is a fucking cult classic. There's no other movies out there that are like Anchorman, in my opinion. Like comedy-wise, there is, but like, there's nothing like newsy and it's like so funny. the one-liners in that movie are fucking all-time. I will go with Mary. Okay, so Pizzo, you are marrying Anchorman and killing Talladega Nights. So whoever's left, he's fucking. Frank is. Fucking Talladega Nights and marrying Anchorman, so you're killing this next one. Yes. So what am I killing? The last pick that Frank is killing and Pizzo is fucking is <laughs> Step Brothers. Oh my god! Wow. Perfectly fine with that. Oh my god, my uh, so that is my wife's favorite comedy. So you would have you would have switched that around or no? Are you taking Step Brothers over Anchorman? Oh, I'd hate to. She's gonna kill me. Like she, that's her favorite comedy for sure. I keep what I would i would so she's gave, not gonna marry you she's gonna kill you yeah I, I would keep what i had i would i would fuck talladega marry anchorman and kill stepbrothers okay for sure for sure you hear that frank's I'm wife a- <laughs> <laughs> you know her name um okay i got here here's a good category for us um let's go let's start actually we've done the comedies we've done the comedies let's move move away from them let's do this uh we'll start with chandler Mm-hmm. Let's go. Remember the Titans. Oh, remember the Titans. I am marrying. Remember the Titans. A little risky if you're going to do all Denzel movies. You don't know. But where I'm going. I will watch. Remember the Titans on the daily. Remember the Titans. Mary. Yeah, I have to follow that. I love wow. Remember the Titans all fucking time movie. Just, just a fucking classic. Mary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up. Any given Sunday. Ooh, any given Sunday. So I really like that movie, Al Pacino. Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie Foxx. I'm going to go any given Sunday, fuck. Okay. I like that movie too, but I want to see, I want to see what else is out there on any given Sunday. So let me translate that. He wants to see what else is out there. Yep. He's going to kill any given Sunday. Yep, that's what he said. And then the last one, which I will argue is actually my favorite sports movie, Friday Night Lights. 
I'm happy with my. I'm happy wow, with where really? I'm at. I, I'd take any given Sunday and remember the Titans over Friday Night Lights. So I'm killing Friday Night Lights. I'm good with uh with fucking Friday Night Lights. I love Friday Night Lights. High school football pride. Friday Night Lights would have been my Mary. Like I w- so I would have married Friday Night Lights. Fucked. Remember the Titans and killed any given Sunday. I love how we're like saying this. Yeah. Pizzo's like, yeah, I'm fucking Friday Night Lights. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> Friday Night Lights was the, like, it was the high school movie for freshman and JV football. You know how, like, a song or, like, a movie or, like, some trend kind of just catches fire yes. when you're in high school or on these teams? Friday Night Lights was my JV high school football movie. We knew every line, like, you know, hey, booby, you didn't lift. I love that movie so fucking much. And just heartbreaking oh. end. All right, Agree, do we, Frank. Do you want to do one more, or uh, what are we thinking? I got a whole list here, so we could do one more. We could do a quick one. Let's do one more before over under. Okay. Do you want? Can I, I got. I got. Uh, can I? Can I do mine? Oh yeah. I keep forgetting you got them prepared. I got. Uh, yeah. Forget you're there. Forget you're here. I got three. Yeah. I forget hey, I'm about in Charlotte, you, but I'm still there, baby. Don't forget it. Come on now. All right. It's not like that. All right. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. First one. Gangs of New York. Oh. I'm going to take the easy road on Gangs of New York. I'm going to do fuck because I think it's I think there could be better and I think there could be worse. Uh, Frank? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm gonna roll the dice for entertainment purposes here. I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill it. Wow. Kill Gangs of New York. Wow. I think there's two wow. better I think there's two better movies coming. All right, next one. Scarface. Oh. Scarface is good. I'm going to kill it, though. I'm going to take my risk. I think there's going to be a movie better than Scarface and Gangs in New York. I'm hoping for, like, Godfather. That's what I'm hoping, too, but now he knows it. You showed our cards. So I'm going to say fuck Scarface. I'm going to fuck it. All right. The last one, Fight Club. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. I love Fight Club. Nice. So I, I love Fight Club. So I we, we both rolled the dice. We both are marrying Fight Club, and I'm totally fine. Great with with Marion Fight Club. I would have done the same exact order on those three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm very excited to be Marion Fight Club. Are you, What are you guys' thoughts on uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton? Because they're, they're two of my favorites. I really like oh, both of them. Are you kidding? Yeah. I, I hold them up high here on the, on the pedestal. Edward Norton was one of the best actors in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think he's so interesting to me, too, as an actor, because, like, I don't even, I don't really know what makes him, like, a really great actor. I, like, can't put my finger on it, because he seems, like, His very... movies are so interesting all the time, dude. They're, like, they're so, like, captivating. Yeah. They're always, like, entertaining. I know. He was the original Hulk, which I think is very funny. He's, like, no what about it yeah. it's like effortless yeah like he's not like over the top or, or funny or like he's just very low-key like character correct and, and he's yeah. not like he's super just, unique like looking he's being himself he's not like playing somebody right yeah like if you guys ever see the movie death to smoochie no so Long it's a time ago. very rogue Edward Norton movie. Give it a look. It's a very like weird, like, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on like what makes him a great actor, but like, it's, I think it's everything you guys said. Hell yeah. Good game. Good great game. game. Yeah. We'll keep it going. I mean, there's endless, endless uh, options for that one. So let's close her out with a little over under. I know Jerry already sent the list cause he is fucking Johnny on the spot this year. So let's pull this up. Give me a second. Looking for it. 
Where you at? Where you at? Jay Rubs. All right. He opens it with LGRW. Jerry, thanks again for sending this. Hope everything's going well in Cleveland. Um, little inside story. When I saw Jerry at the Champagne Showcase, he mentioned to me that this show has made it very hard for him not to call his team, his JV soccer team in Ohio, the Hornies. Um, they are the Hornets, <laughs> and we've called them the Horn the Hornies on this show. And he says it's like he's had to catch himself a few times, like about to say <laughs> Hornies to a bunch of like fifteen year old kids who are definitely peak. Don't horny. do that, Jerry. Yeah, keep your job. We want to keep you employed down there. <laughs> horny Nation. Yeah, go Hornies. We'll make some teas. We'll put those in the street tea collection. Yeah, next to anal zone. Yeah. Next to <laughs> anal zone, and line. bitch, I'm in the D or whatever. <laughs> Um, okay, number one, Lou, you're leading off. This is uh, this is wild. Number one, cereal. Cereal. Cereal, underrated. I love cereal, not only for breakfast, but a great late-night snack before bed. Um, cereal, underrated. Wait, gun to head, favorite cereal. Gun to head. Three, um, two, one, trigger. Fruity Pebbles. Okay, you would. All right, I'm going underrated <laughs> as well. Late night Candy snack ass. for my preference of cereal. Best cereal for me, Apple Jacks. Wow, Apple Jacks. I love Apple Jacks. That's that's a good that's a good pick. I they they get in the road to every once in a while. Um, I totally agree. Cereal's kind of turned into my like adult dessert when I don't have like real dessert around. Love cereal could crush endless bowls of cereal. Number one cereal for me, Gun to Head, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh, I was about to say that one. Nice. Good Top pick. Three. Good pick. Cine Toast First Crunch. cool thing you said all show. Okay, Lou. <laughs> just like you didn't have to call in for this one. <laughs> First cool thing last 100 shows. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Break down the Aggies again for us. <laughs> Some guy played it. Uh, uh, Sir Julius. Yeah. I kind of like him. He's fucking papers flying everywhere. He's connecting to the Wi-Fi. Number two, Channy's up. B.O.B., the rapper. B.O.B. had a good run where he had some nice hits, but outside of that, he hasn't done much. I'm going to say B.O.B. is overrated. I think that's a very fair thing to say. I was an absolute weird B.O.B. slappy, like when he was doing Shooting Stars, and like I've been to two B.O.B. concerts. Wow. Yeah, I loved B.O.B. I think he's a very talented wow. guy. He like, can play the guitar. So I'm going to say underrated. I think he's a super awesome talent that got kind of like wrapped up in like flat earth theories and kind of fell off the map. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Lou? Over what do you got? Room? What are you just yeah. sitting there listening? He's like, B.O.B. B.O.B. Uh, <laughs> is like a wannabe Lupe fiasco. He is overrated loser bum <laughs> flat earther. You didn't even know he was a flat earther until I said it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. Anyways, number three, uh, I'm up. The Players' Championship. Okay, I watched quite a bit of the Players' Championship this weekend. Holy shit, was that overrated. I mean, I don't think in general it's normally overrated, but this year I just it was boring. Uh, the PGA has a little bit of a problem. They don't have a lot of big names out there, and when the big names aren't near the top, for guys like me, a new, modest golf fan, not very entertaining. The only good part about the players was, uh, what was it on 17? The, mm -hmm. that, that hole on the Island. Uh, every time I turned it on, that's all I wanted to see was see if someone's going to put it in the water. Maybe it makes me a bad golf fan or like a novice golf fan, but I thought it was completely overrated this year. 
No, I agree with you, Frank. I thought that, you know, it's usually a pretty entertaining tournament to watch, but this year it was like the leaderboard was, was very scarce. And then it was just Scheffler at the top scarce. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) What are you like French scarce? Like, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I, I agree overrated this year. It was, it was pretty boring for the most part. There wasn't much leaderboard changes and, and a lot of the names at the top were just you know, nobody's. You like a nail bite and finish too, and it just was like it was a blowout. So I'm gonna go Agreed. big brain here. Um, although the leaderboard this year was scarce, um, <laughs> overall this is PGA's fifth major, quote unquote. Always a big tournament, always a great field. Yeah, this year we didn't get the the leaderboard that we wanted. It was scarce, but at the same time, I do think that the Players' Championship is underrated. A level-headed answer. After we scarced it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Louie, Louie. Uh, Travis Kelsey off the football field. I like this one, Jerry. Overrated. Kind of seems a little tooly, a little douchey off the field. Not for me. I'm going to go with overrated. On the field, severely underrated. One of the sickest tight ends in the NFL. Uh, I couldn't have probably said it any better. Um, I feel like the tight ends are trying this like shtick now to like follow Gronk off the field, and it's like maybe that is his personality, but I'm already over that type of personality. So on the field, underrated. Off the field, overrated. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I don't really, I don't really like him too much. He like reminds me of, like Paul Wall, like if he was like a, f- a football player a little bit. Uh, too no, don't too, disrespect Paul Wall like that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I also, and I've said this before, like I think it's still odd, and I can't wrap my head around the idea of like current players having active podcasts. I, I don't, I don't, I can't get behind that. I he's just, just always like calling somebody out or like trying to chirp and like make a fucking mountain out of a molehill type deal. I feel like you know, it's just. It's like, give it up, man. Just fucking play ball. Yeah, I'm not into a shtick that much. Into uh, like your point, Frank, like only people with media credentials should have podcasts. Yeah, so right. like leave it to us in the media here, acclaimed journalists to have these, okay? Well, yeah, and I know we're three idiots like huddled at a real estate <laughs> office like talking about sports every week. I get that. But I just personally for me, if I was able to pick, like I don't want Jared Goff and Amon Ra like doing a weekly podcast uh during the season i agree there's too much there's there is a thing that we deal with in sports that i think is just overexposure. like you go to these red wings games and they do all these like player interviews and they make them play these games and they're putting their hands in the thing that they can't see they're playing like jimmy fallon late night show games and it's just you think back to like the bacardi eiserman shanahan days they weren't doing any of that right they were there to just win and play hockey and then have a private life and all of this and whatever but um i digress Number there also weren't podcasts back then. True. There was there was radio though. We also won back then too, so we didn't have to do the gimmick. Yeah. All right. Sounds like you guys want yeah. to replace <laughs> me with Kelsey. Is what is what I'm getting from this. And by the way, Pizo, fucking what'd you say, douchey and just too douchey and tooly for you? It sounds right up your alley. Number five, Chandler Dinosaurs. I'm pretty sure this has been on the list before. Dinosaurs. Um, so fuck you, Jerry. Better, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs. I mean, dinosaurs. There's just so unknown, so much unknown about them. So I'm going to say they're underrated just off that fact. Yeah, I think it's it'd be kind of funny to call dinosaurs like overrated. <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't know. Underrated. They seem 
they they seem really interesting. I saw the biggest T Rex in Chicago when I was a little kid, and it was pretty cool. So I'm gonna say underrated. Yeah, huge dino guy. Uh, underrated. <laughs> dino crew, dino podcast. All right, boys. Well, that was episode 100. Uh, happy to do this with you guys every week. Happy for everyone out there listening. It's a lot of fun. It just keeps getting better and better, and it really helps when teams start to win. So we're going to stick around until that starts to happen. And uh, good luck on all the bets this weekend, especially if you are betting Michigan State. Us three have our super streaker bet on that as well. Uh, if you are betting for the first time, go to points bet. Download it, use the code CHAMPAGNE, and you will get a deposit match. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please rate this five stars and write a review. We really appreciate it. Pass this along to one friend. And like I said, good luck on all your bets this weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks, folks. Good luck this weekend. Peace. Thank you all for the support. Cheers to another 100. See ya.